0: i'm addicted to the truth i'm ready it's a dangerous Son. love affair can't be scared when it down got a problem tell me Son. now only thing that's on my mind
1: probably should be uh, rolling in here in a few minutes but until then I'm going to be holding it down here ladies hi. hi
2: i'm not from arizona anymore i'm i'm moving to another state you are Thanks. I don't want to say that I'm from Arizona anymore. <laughs> it's humiliating. <laughs> oh, I know.
1: Okay. Well, uh, we can talk about that in a little bit. We have a lot. We have a lot to talk about today. It's going to be a very NFL-heavy show. Uh, we're going to start off talking about the tragic accident that happened um, late Friday night with the Dallas Cowboys organization. Then go to the Cardinals. I guess you could say tragic loss. Rookie quarterbacks. We're going to talk about uh, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. Uh, showing everybody once again that he is the best quarterback in the NFL and the Patriots are the best team in the NFL, even though nobody's really talking about them due to the, record, the better records of other teams. Then we'll probably pepper in Johnny Football winning the Heisman, first freshman ever. We'll get people's thoughts on that. And then we'll do Down and Dirty with Deborah in the fourth segment. First, unfortunately, two weeks in a row, we're going to have to start the show off with a very tragic, tragic accident that happened. <sighs> Josh Grant driving home late Friday night. Gets in an accident, best friend, practice player for the Dallas Cowboys, Jerry Brown in the passenger seat, hits a guardrail, flips a car, Jerry Brown dies. Uh, you know, this is two weeks in a row. Once again, we have things that, you know, it really uh, we're not unaccustomed to hearing about in, in, in the NFL, especially in, in bunches. You know, every couple of years it brings people back to the, to the thought, oh, we know, will these players have a car service provided by their team. You know, why do they need to be driving home uh, inebriated first off and then inebriated driving uh, speeding, all these things when you have that car service available. Uh, you know, it's a double-edged sword because you, you don't necessarily want your coaches to know uh, about about your whereabouts and about your extracurricular activities when you're not on the clock. But, uh, you know, that, that, again, is a double-edged sword. So I'm not really sure. What, what do you ladies think about it?
2: But one of the things I always look at is when something like this happens after the fact, everybody wants to place blame. You can blame the team. You can blame the NFL. You can blame the, you know, the um, uh, the players' association. You can blame uh, Josh Brent, who was the driver. You can bra- you know, blame Jerry Brown for getting in the car with a drunk driver, and I don't know what his condition was. The valet, the people at the bar, or the you know, the restaurant that could have cut him off. I mean, there's enough people to blame my question always goes back to what are we going to do about it? You know, where is the, <clears throat> the core issue, the common cause that we can go to? And I don't really think it's alcohol and drugs. I think it goes back to the individuals and uh, the fact that these are young kids that are mm-hmm. making mistakes that we've all made. You know, yeah. I've been at a bar at night, got my car right out in the middle of an intersection, um, looked up and realized that it was a stoplight, went, oh, shit, time to back it up. And by the time I backed it up, it was green. It was time to go home. Hit the curb, blew out a Z-rated tire, and it cost me a lot of money. Got home, jumped in bed, and went, this is freaking crazy. i got two kids dependent on me as a single mom. We've all been there. We've all done it. These are young kids who've not been taught responsibility.
0: We can blame. We look to blame. They definitely, on the back of their um, Players Association card, there's a number of who they can call to get a ride. However, accountability, when it comes down to it, they're adults. They're 25 years old. Um, yeah, you make stupid mistakes, but you also should be held accountable for your own. It, it's your decision. It's no one else's decision, and nobody's going to hold their hand everywhere they go just because they happen to play in the NFL. Nobody holds everyone else's hand. They need to be held accountable for their own actions, and we can't blame everyone else.
1: I, I do. I do show some sort of empathy for uh, Josh Byrne, especially in this situation. It, it was his best friend that died, and. And here's the thing. The family's taken him in. Jerry Brown's family's taking him in and said, you know, I want you to sit with us during the funeral. They realize mm-hmm. how much pain this kid is going through, let alone their own pain. This this, uh, this young adult who's, who's in... These people are ordinary people in extraordinary situations. Right. They're making superfluous amounts of money to play a game, which is, granted, is one of the most violent games on the planet, and it's the most watched game, obviously, in the United States. However, they're still kids in a situation that not many of us will ever experience
0: and i give people one you get one mistake when when it comes to drinking and driving this is his second time he's done it he was in jail for a dui got caught for he was served yeah he served time in in uh june of 2009 for a dui when he was in illinois so you get caught once that should be your wake-up call
2: but where's the responsibility of who did what to help him at that point, including helping him himself, as far as getting the education that he needed in order to break the habit? Oh, or do that's we just, there. I mean, th- that is. It's there, but that doesn't mean they go, you know, go through the program.
0: He went through enough with that. I think he lost. He they he never played again at Illinois. Um, He went through enough. He should have learned his lesson. And like I said before, they're adults. Every person on the planet doesn't have someone holding their hand every time they make a mistake. At some point, you have to realize that you're an adult and you have to make your own decisions. And you're responsible for the choices you make. And somebody's not going to be sitting there hovering over you every five minutes making sure that you're making the correct decision. You have to have something in your head to make the the correct decisions on your own.
1: I agree. And it's easy to say that in hindsight after a horrible, horrific thing has happened. But I do understand exactly what you're saying. All right, uh, again, no easy transition, but we have to move to the Cardinals. Um, they are still an NFL team, believe it or not. 4-9, and I did think about this. Right when I saw the, the score of 58 I st- this is exactly what would happen if a college team played an NFL team. This is exactly what would have happened. So now this is an NFL team actually losing 58 nothing. So I think this will put the kibosh on that argument of what would happen if we had quarterbacks that didn't know that – that were college-worthy, college, uh, college uh, worthy, pretty much, because John Skelton and Ryan Lindley are not NFL quarterbacks. They've We've shown from this year. Um, eight turnovers. Uh, Cindy and I were talking off air. Pittsburgh for, uh, was forced eight turnovers. They lost uh, eight turnovers in the game and only lost by a touchdown uh, to Cleveland. So it's it's interesting to see uh, the difference in, in franchises. And, yeah, I mean, it, this is – what do you guys think? I can't I'm, – I'm at a loss for words. I'm never at a loss for words. (laughs) I'm just going to sit
2: and enjoy the moment. Yeah, well, thank you. I do appreciate that.
0: (laughs) Do you find it ironic, because we were also talking about how, what did you say, how the Patriots are the greatest team and Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback and the Cardinals, as bad as they are, beat the Patriots?
1: Yeah, even the Patriots have letdowns. You know, I mean, it was early in the season. Games in the the regular season, early on, the first quarter, in the first quarter of the season don't really matter. As much. I mean, you see all the parody that's going on now. It's, it's, uh,
2: this is the best NFL season in a long time. But at what point, at what point do you stop the slide? I mean, they had four winning games and then they went into a slide. And at no point did anybody step in and make the changes necessary in order to stop the slide. Internally in the locker room, now you got guys fighting on the field, off the field, in the news, and every place else. Coaches, you know, you look at their demeanor. I mean, everything has gone downhill that any leader that might have stepped up didn't step up. And, you know, this is what you end up with. Cindy, embarrassment and no respect. That's the question that you asked me before.
0: What a question did I asked you before.
2: Who's, oh, to
0: bl- who's to blame? Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. I don't think I, I, I you can't give like we're t- everybody's blaming Coach Wisenhunt mm-hmm. for this. Um, you can't give a man a hammer and tell him to go fish and then fire him for not catching anything you got to give the coach the tools to work with on the field. And I don't think he's been given the tools. So to blame him is, I mean, yeah, partially. But he's taken a lot of the brunt for this. And I don't, i don't. my favorite quote, though, um, did anybody else, I don't know, halftime at the Fox, Fox halftime, Jimmy Johnson was hilarious. He sits down and he's, they were asking what he had to say. And he was like, the coach just has to go into the locker room and say, well, we've lost eight straight. We're down 38 to nothing. You got no shot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, Jimmy Johnson's good. I mean, yes, so well. listen, Hunt I think he had a pretty big hand in bringing Kevin Cobb in. So that was him. Uh, you knew that he had only played seven NFL games, or started about four of them, I believe. You knew, you knew what we were get, getting there, paying him a lot of money. And on, with not, with not a lot you, of resume.
2: And what point do you take what you've got and make something out of it? Well, he's got to be know? on the you field. You don't make, to make a college team out of it. it. You make you know a team that can at least play against the other NFL teams, and they showed that they were capable of it. So if they were capable of it for four games in a row, what's different now?
1: Larry Fitzgerald had 11 targets in that game and caught one pass for two yards. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's definitely a disconnect. Th- they've they've mailed it in for the year. And they're still getting paychecks every week. This is when it becomes a job. John Skelton was interviewed, and he was like, "Well, you know, we don't want to play these. I mean, we got to play these last three games, whether we want to or not. It's your job. Getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars a week to play a game. Mm -hmm. It's your job. Go out there, show some respect for your franchise and for your city, and play the game. And this was
2: this is it's abysmal. Well, and if you go out there and half-ass play the game, the chances of getting hurt go way up.
0: Is there any way to fix morale at this point, though?
2: Uh, you know, there's always a way to fix morale.
1: Absolutely. Every week there's a way to fix morale. So they have D- Detroit coming in, who's on a, s- a slide of their own, and Detroit has a way better offense than Seattle does. They have the best receiver in the NFL right now who could break Jerry Rice's record. They have a great quarterback mm-hmm. who can actually throw the ball. You know, it, this could be a really, really bad week for the Cardinals once again.
2: Well, and Detroit will gladly rough them up and uh, mm-hmm. show them who's boss on the field. Absolutely. And love Sue, every minute of it.
0: Sue could have a field day.
2: Yeah, so it'll be...
1: Well, and he might kick somebody in the groin again. I don't know.
0: Well, and how much... Dockett got fined, what, 200000
1: But that's internal, you know?
0: But that shows a lot if it's internal. I mean, if they're if they're doing things that are they're going to get fined for for $200,000 to each other...
1: Yeah, uh, and if people don't know, uh, Donald Dockett got fined six figures for spitting in Kerry Rhodes' face, a teammate. Uh, you know, this is... Unfortunately, this is the nature of the beast at this point. You, go, you start looking at people in your own jersey and who's to blame, who's to blame. They just need to get out of this year. They just need to get out of the year, have a great, strong draft, and start over. And without a, without a, be it with a new coach or not, it's yet to be seen. I just it, It's like a bad marriage. You either fix it or get out, one of the two. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, let's move to some positive things. The rookie quarterbacks, once again are making a name for themselves. RG3, Andrew Luck, and Russell Wilson, uh, the aforementioned Russell Wilson, all won their games. All have teams vying for the playoffs. This is the new wave of football in the NFL, and I couldn't be happier. Indianapolis still has a chance to win their to win their division. Seattle still has a chance to win their division. They're one and a half or two games back. I'm not sure exactly what it is because San Francisco had a tie.
2: Seattle's one and a half.
1: And... RG three is one game back from winning their division, from leading their division against the Giants because they hold a tiebreaker.
2: He's definitely uh, reignited that team and all the fans and everybody else around him. He has the best quarterback rating in the NFL right now. He's tied
1: for the best quarterback rating. He's only thrown for twenty nine hundred yards, eighteen touchdowns, but he only has four picks. That's that's unbelievable. He just needs to learn how to slide. Yeah, Yeah, does. I mean, and this is, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Andrew Luck. Almost 3,800 yards, 18 touchdowns, same as RG3, 18 interceptions, but he's thrown 180 more times than, than RG3. So it's understandable. He's going to throw more picks. That's just, that's just how it's going to be. That's going to be the nature of their relationship comparing uh, statistics. One stat that I saw that was really interesting to me was about sacks. The top ten passers uh, with respect to yards in the NFL this year, there's only two guys that have been sacked under 20 times. One is Eli Manning who's been sacked 14 times. That's an average of one per week. That is unbelievable to me. The only person to be sacked under 20 times besides him is Peyton with 18 sacks. So it's really interesting that the team, the franchises, are protecting their stars.
0: I think nine of those came in one game, too, on Peyton.
2: Yeah, I mean, he did have a bunch in one game. (laughs) Uh, and, you know, what well, is that a combination of having the uh, offensive line to protect you and also having a quarterback who knows how to move? Yes. Well,
1: no, Peyton Manning doesn't know how to move.
0: He <laughs> has mean, enough P-
2: intelligence P- to Peyton call a play.
1: Peyton Manning and Drew Brees are two of the best pocket passers, even though Drew Brees is five foot four, it seems. But, I mean, they're two of the best pocket passers in the NFL. They get rid of the ball quickly, but you still have to have an offensive line that will give you that extra couple seconds to get rid of the ball. But I thought that that stat line was staggering about the sacks. And um, oh, Kwame Lasseter. sporting a, the KU football hat. I didn't know they were still. Uh, I, don't I mean, uh, you're on. You're on. Two's on.
3: Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: How's it going? We're just talking about uh, RD three and uh, you good quarterbacks in general. Yeah. There you go. Which one is this? It's it's this one, dude. It's, it's that one. There you <laughs> go. Right, atta boy. Little, little adjustments atta being atta boy. made in here. What do you think about? Uh, Andrew Luck and RG three. I was telling, I was we were just previously talking, eighteen touchdown passes each. RG three only has four picks, and Andrew Luck has eighteen. You think that's just going to be the nature of how it's going to be? Because Andrew Luck is going to have to throw the ball a lot more. Well, uh, Andrew Luck has six comebacks, and uh,
3: I got a problem with the six comebacks and saying Andrew Luck is the reason they have six comebacks. He's also the reason why they have to have six comebacks. <laughs> he's thrown eighteen, he's thrown eighteen interceptions. Uh, he's he's a, he's a great talent. I argued uh, a couple times on a few other shows that he could be my uh, rookie MVP. But then you got to look at what RG3 is doing. He do- he doesn't have to throw the ball, but he makes things happen. He threatens defenses. He puts stress on the linebackers and that midpoint and that offense um, that uh, off- they're running. He also have Alfred Morris, too, uh-huh. to uh, combat a lot of things he's doing. I'm not sure if Andrew Luck has a solidified running game. I mean, they have to pass the ball, uh, and-, and that being the case, He's able to make these plays late in the game, which you know we thought he was this great guy coming in to college. I think he's still uh, dominant. I think he's fitting into the mold of an Indianapolis quarterback that Peyton Manning has set at that organization. So uh, with the 18 interception, a lot of that stuff happens early in ball games. When they win football games, there's the six comebacks that they had as a team and not Andrew Lowe. So, so they
1: put themselves in that hole they had to, right. they had to dig themselves out of. Right. It's interesting. I So And then the Washington Redskins now look like geniuses for drafting another quarterback in the fourth round with Kirk Cousins. Very, very solid college career at Michigan State. And people thought that initially they were uh, drafting him as trade bait, so they'd keep RG3 and then uh, trade Kirk Cousins for draft picks or whatever later down the road because they gave up everything to draft RG3. But now it looks like it's an insurance policy. Just in case, Michael Vick never had an insurance policy. You know, uh, Cam Newton doesn't have an insurance policy, so these guys go down, so does the franchise. So having Kirk Cousins in the background to come back to cold off the bench, hasn't thrown a pass all year, comes off, throws a touchdown pass to Pierre Garçon, runs it in for the two-point conversion, they end up winning in overtime without RG3. I think it was a great comeback, and I think that's a great thing for his, for his confidence, being the backup to one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. That's the best player on your team is the backup quarterback. When when it's not going well or injury
3: happens and, and he can come in under different circumstances and win a football game or you show his emergency. You look two weeks ago what happened in the New York Jets organization. Quarterback comes in wins the football Craig game. Greg comes in win a football game. But what you have in Cousins uh, and is a, is a pretty good backup. I think what Washington Redskins does as far as their running game and the RG and his mid point offense. Uh, I think Cousins come in and do the same thing. He's more of a passer. Uh, Rg three runs a lot, but the guy can pass the football in the pocket, mm-hmm. and he's a uh, what is he six one? Uh, he can pass the football in the pocket. You look at well, uh, you mentioned uh, about Drew Brees and what he does is stepping in the pocket. Drew Brees is five eleven. Mm-hmm. Michael Vick is five eleven maybe, and these these guys can throw, but Michael Vick gets out. The, he gets he's impatient because of the offensive line he has, so he gets out the pocket. And now we thinking this guy is just an average quarterback, but you look at his numbers. He, that could be, That's arguable uh, that he could be an average quarterback. RG3 can throw the football all over the field. Every throw, the outs, the uh, deep outs, uh, the dig routes. He throws all – every pass you need him to throw, he can throw it. Yeah. I'm not sure why Shanahan – I'm not sure why he has this guy running all the time. That college offense is good for a college team, but when those linebackers hit you, he's already been hurt two two times. Mm-hmm. Concussion. Mm-hmm. Now you look at his he leg. got a leg injury. Yeah, the mm-hmm. leg looks like a, ru- a rubber band when it popped around uh, yeah. uh, the uh, defensive tackle for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, you don't want to keep putting him in those situations. Right. Because I mean, instead of a 12 year career, 12 plus year career, he's going to have a seven year career.
1: Well, the one nice thing about it's not a spread offense because they run it out of a pistol and not the shotgun. So Kirk Cousins can still run that offense under center. You can still run the same play action. He won't be running the ball, obviously. He's going to be a pocket passer. You can still run the ball, you can still do the play action. Because you know he's he's a couple yards closer to the center. I mean, in all, you know, logistics of it. So I mean, it's I like the pistol offense for them because it's not completely spread. You got to have
3: a quarterback that can do that. You look at you look at the. um, But you don't have to
1: change. You don't have to change the whole makeup of your of your game plan.
3: Look at Oregon. Uh, If if you're a receiver, why would you want to go to Oregon? Because all they do is run the football. Uh Uh, When they pass the ball, it's because they don't ran the ball for 33 times already. (laughs) So the guy obviously is open and he recruits speed. 5'10", 5'11", uh, receivers. Just track guys. Track guys. Uh, so with, with um, Cousins, he'll have to be in a shotgun for it to be more efficient than under the center because now you're running an option if he's under the center. Yeah,
1: I just don't think he'll ever run in the option at all. No, not with that guy. Use him for what you draft him for uh, to be a
3: drop Solid in the backup. Yeah, solid backup.
1: Yeah, I mean, just not making many mistakes. And I, I do want to touch on Adrian Peterson also. What the hell is up with him? He he's got to be like iRobot status. He's got to be half machine. There's nothing. He's sixteen hundred yards. Nobody else is averaging over hundred yards a game. He's averaging a buck twenty three a game. Six yards a carry. He Six
0: yards. He it, was finding holes that didn't exist. Yeah, it was crazy. That stiff
1: arm that he played on the first play of the game this this week. What? That's everybody thought that he might be done after that last knee surgery on uh, Christmas Eve last year. He's back. This is it. Doesn't make sense what he's doing. I love it. He's he might win the MVP in the NFC. I mean there's trust me there's going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of competition but right now he's got to be the front runner right
3: he has to be but you can throw Peyton Manning into when, when we talk when I talk about those two guys it's comeback player of the year and I can't mm-hmm. see Peyton Manning being a comeback player of the year when he set out a whole year yeah. from a neck injury and he doesn't get hit all the time Adrian right. Peterson mm-hmm. who has a quarterback named Christian Ponder who throws the ball 16 times a game yeah. at the most you know Adrian Peterson's getting the ball this guy had the surgery uh, the uh, the last game before the end of the season, and he's back from the ACL tear. Mm-hmm. It was impressive? I know MCL is more of your lateral mm-hmm. uh, ligaments, but the ACL tear and the, and the movements he's making, I, I look at this guy and I see. When I first came in, I thought he was just the new improved Walter Payton, but this guy is. When his career is over, it, it'll be amazing just to see um, his finishing the end result because he's. He's a guy that, you know, linebackers and defenses, you know he's going to get the ball. You stack the box. They are beating teams. They're playing a lot of good football with
1: him only running ball and have no passing game. Right.
0: He had like 100 yards in the first quarter. Yeah.
1: Right. He had 75 yards and two touchdowns before they even started the game in too much. And one of
2: the things I see in him is almost like a Michael Jordan type thing. that they, He knows the basics so well that when he's on the field and everybody's after him that he can be so creative and do it so instinctually. That he's like you say, he's making plays that nobody else could play. See, he's a power runner with speed. He about to have two thousand yards, I believe. Yeah, yeah. we'll see I mean He's season. got
1: he's got a what he's got to one forty the last uh, three games or something, one thirty three. He has sixteen right now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he needs four hundred more. He needs 400 so yeah, 400 yards. yeah. so buck thirty a game for the last three. Yeah. I mean, it's possible. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, he, I, I see him kind of like an LT, not not in the running styles, but everybody knows he's getting the ball. Everybody knows he's touching it 25, 30 times a game, and he still produces every week. Yeah. It's just something it's, it's a beautiful thing. I that ball and his determination is to make mm-hmm. that first guy miss or run over the first guy and get to the linebackers.
2: If he can get to the linebackers, he's looking at the safeties now.
1: Yeah, and he's stiff-arming him and going by him. Yeah, he
2: plays with the knowledge of knowing that he can do it, not right. I hope I can. Now,
1: Atlanta and Houston, two best records in the NFL. I think they're maybe the seventh and eighth best team. I mean, Atlanta loses to Carolina – Granted, Kim Newton had the best game of his career, eighty-yard touchdown run, but it's it, that's not an excuse. Atlanta's defense is is failing them at this point. Houston gets shellacked by the best team in the NFL last night. Big stage, that that felt like a playoff atmosphere last last night. What do you think? Do you think the Houston and Atlanta will get buys and then lose to the teams like the Giant? I mean, the Giants are going to be there, Patriots are going to be there, the Ravens or Steelers will be there. Pate Manning's going to be there. Like, all these experienced guys against two guys that haven't done much in the playoffs. I'm not ready to give up on Houston, but Houston got punched in the mouth last night
3: mm-hmm. and, and, and couldn't respond. Mm-hmm. These guys played against um, the best team in the AFC and the New England Patriots on Monday night in New England. It's going to be tough to beat Tom Brady and those guys who's, who's accustomed to being in that situa- situation. Um, They're like having the best record. Mentally, I thought they had to get over the AFC. Anyway, it was an AFC South that they're in. Mentally, they had to get over that with the uh, absence of Peyton Manning. Well, then you got Andrew Lux, who looks like a Peyton Manning. They can still win the division. They They can still win it. Uh, But they had to get over that hump. And then when you say this could be the the defining point of our season, uh, playing against the Patriots, I I, I didn't think that could be the defining point. There's a lot of stuff you have to accomplish first. Uh, It just would have been a good stepping stone. To uh, where you want to go. Yeah, I think that's, what, that's, I think that's so, well put. Houston and Houston and Atlanta to me are front runners. They, I can agree with you when they, you say they're the seventh or eighth best team, even with the best record. But you have to play those teams. You can't be losing games at this point in the season when you got playoff spots implications. That both of these teams made the playoff. Mm-hmm. But how far do you want to stay at home or go on the road during that playoffs? We watched the Atlanta Falcons go 15 and one, I think, or 14 and two one year and they lose the first round to yeah. the Green Bay Packers at home. Yeah. These when good teams you can't you can't do this if you want to be to the Super Bowl.
1: And that's there's always one team that has an exemplary record be it the schedule which I will the Denver Broncos may not be as good as their schedule as their team indicates because they have the be, they have the easiest schedule in the NFL. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with Peyton there. Granted they're winning games they're supposed to win, but
2: I mean it'll be interesting to see what happens in the playoffs there. And the Patriots are so consistent too. I yeah. mean, their their method of play is so consistent that it's tough to beat them. But you know,
1: the, the interesting thing is when they get to the Super Bowl, they lay an egg. The last two times they've been there, <laughs>
3: yeah, I, I don't know if I can uh, say that, agree with that. They've bent, but they get into the Super Bowl. This is a team that knows their destination, and they get there. How it ends is. A lot of teams.
1: There's 28 more teams that would love to be there. Yeah, I agree. I mean, granted, there are David Tyree fourth and 18 catch from winning another one. Right. Which I mean, what people don't really remember, but it was probably one of the best catches of all time.
3: And, and there's not a lot of teams when the season start think they can be. They just want to like do the best we can. though that's the mentality of some of these teams, and then make excuse that we're putting pieces of the puzzle together
1: or we're just building. But you can't re, you can't build for 10 years. Right. You just can't do it. We need to take a break because we blew through the first one. We'll be back, Kwame lesser Sports Talk. We'll be back in about a minute
4: your internet flagship
2: station for sports
3: voice america sports
2: the job of a professional athlete is never complete
4: flagship station for sports
3: voice america sports
1: talk alex clancy deborah debris probably last Cindy this in studio nfl heavy show this week We've just been talking about a smorgasbord of things that have been going on in the NFL this season. And
2: speaking of that, I'm really curious. I haven't heard anything in the last several weeks about the Lakers.
1: Oh, yeah. You want to talk about the Lakers? Sure. I'd be I'll happy to talk, talk about, about the Lakers. Lakers. Oh. The Lakers. You, wait a minute.
3: Go ahead. We can talk about the Lakers, but I know you guys already talked about the Cardinals, but something has to be done. Yeah. Okay. Go first. I've lost a lot of games playing with the Arizona Cardinals, but I've had a good team. We have a good team, and I cannot figure out for the – well, I can. I can. Our offense was consistent. Defense, we played ball. It's the same situation, scenario they have here now. They've had a good defense. And you look at that defense and how good it's been, and you say, how do you give up 58 points? Well, most it's not the defense. It's offense. It's offense, and then it's the special teams. Mm -hmm. Which special team was consistent. I, I didn't have too much of an argument about that. They were consistent of not giving up big plays. They give up two touchdowns in, on special teams. They throw interceptions for touchdowns. They don't move the ball. The defense is on the field for 70 plays. You, being in don't break comes at a certain point where you're going to break all the time because you're mentally mm-hmm. you thinking, here we go again. Here that's we go. Right. I don't care who you are or how good you are. And then the turmoil that's happening right now in the locker rooms mm-hmm. with the defense side of the ball who was never the problem.
2: Right. Yeah. So the offense is, guys, and I will argue with you the offense is consistent, they're just consistently <laughs> bad <laughs> well that's that's a good argument then you, i say
1: you're right <laughs> they they had fifty eight total plays and hundred fifty four total yards so that's about three yards per play. This is an NFL team and grown men these are grown men,
3: like letting another grown man beat them up every play mm-hmm. this is this is when it becomes yeah, a job. Your respect yeah. this is when you have mm-hmm. to
1: earn your paycheck in a different way and we talked about this earlier right. like, you, you got to respect the franchise. This franchise has put a jersey on your back. They picked you out of anybody else's on the practice squad or in any other team of the people they've cut. You got to play, and they're not playing. They're yeah. si- I mean, I, the defense can only do so much. I mean, I'm sure the defense gets jacked before every game.
3: I'm starting to see that a lot of guys think this is a right to play in the NFL or play on a certain team. Mm-hmm. This is a privilege. I, there yeah. are guys in my okay. neighborhood right now who come and take their position, and I'm talking about these guys that smoke cigarettes in Virginia. I'm talking about. <laughs> not in, <all>. not, <laughs> not behind that, not, not in Chandler. Not in the hood here. Not, no, not in Chandler, not in the high rent district where Devil lives. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but they they smoke cigarettes, they do whatever, and I will bet, I will put anything on if that coach gave them a fair chance to compete for a job, they would take one of those jobs.
1: Okay, so that's that's all well and good. What do you do?
3: I thought somebody was going to be fired on the plane because when you get lose that bad, you tell them uh, when we get back in, let's go up to the office. We're going to Cam Cameron got fired. Yeah, um, some, and they're 9-4. And I'm not going to make any changes um, during the season. I, I, I do believe, you know, finish the season, Same. but I'm not going to forget that you gave up 58 points Same. in team history, the worst ever. That's going to never be my chance. I, I just can't see it. Even when Detroit was 0-16, they didn't give up 58 points and no. didn't score.
2: Well, And what's the carryover going to be next year? You know, when they play this bad next year, you know, going into training camp and all that, you know, what's that carryover going to be like? Here's the thing. That's
3: going to have to be – I'm tired of talking about the quarterback situation. We talk about the double quarter. Having two quarterbacks Mm -hmm. is a great problem to have. Um, Fitzgerald was targeted 11 times, one reception for two yards. Now I feel like Alex. You're getting $100-plus million. And it's not your fault. The only thing I would hold Fitz at fault about is I know you don't talk. I know you're not a verbal leader. But you have to say something. You want to say something? Stop being so nice. And they said saying no not saying in it. He's
0: in the he's in the clubhouse. They said he's talking. We don't know what happens in the clubhouse. And the clubhouse They're is They're saying good. he's talking in the clubhouse. They say and he's saying um, that he he doesn't hold court in the public. It's not the public. I mean,
3: which I appreciate a right. great deal because the public gonna make your judgments anyway, and then you hear something they go twist the story mm-hmm. and exactly. make this look like a bad guy when we know he's not a bad so guy. So right. do you
1: think that like if he were to catch catch a huge first down in a game that obviously doesn't matter to the rest of the season, it does one of the huge first down things or give some sort of emotion. He does. It would, it would uplift everybody. I mean, or like a touchdown dance or something that makes him look human. I you know, because he's, he's a robot on the field.
2: Well, but the thing is, when you see other guys uh, making plays, you know, receivers catching and all that, he's over always over there, you know, um, yeah. slapping yeah. hands and whatever, yeah. congratulating him and pumping up the team on the sideline and on the field. He's still mm-hmm. a team guy. Yeah. But yeah. Well, oh, th- well
3: and, and that's you never a question. You could tell the, the – um, this Hartman he has when he does catch a ball, he's excited because he don't know when the next one's coming. Yeah, that's right, <laughs> right yeah.
1: <laughs> and and he's been, the, most of his career has been like that. Right. You know it's like, what like mean? being you on starvation. Cr- he's and unselfish.
3: i yeah. tell you, he's an unselfish guy, but sometimes you got to be selfish when it comes to being a leader.
1: Yeah. I agree. So, again, I ask, and the, the question hasn't been answered, what do you do in ten words or less? I'm firing, um, well, I'm telling you, I'm bringing Wizard Hunt for a
3: meeting, a real serious meeting, and it can't be the 10 words left. A serious meeting. Remember with you.
2: Come to Jesus meeting. And then
3: um, I'm telling him, what are you going to do with your staff? If I got to fire your staff, then then if you can't fire your staff, then I got to fire all of you guys. I, I'm mm-hmm. keeping Ray Orton, but only as a defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. I don't want Ray Orton's career being demolished by being a head coach here, uh, even though he's, I'm feeling he's capable, but you need a fresh start. As long as you can run that defense, and that's all you need to control. You don't control the offense. You can't worry about the offense. Ray Orton's done a good job with that. We saw that on the field mm-hmm. with his product. But I would not make him head coach. I tell Wizard Hunt, there's some guys got to go. Russ Grimm being one of them. Or I need to talk to Russ Grimm as the owner of the team. What are your plans? I don't. I really don't know. I'm on outside looking in. I really don't know who you coached up. These guys are terrible. And we can look across the board. There's a lot of teams that's terrible. Those teams have quarterback. Green Bay can't protect. Aaron Rodgers, but he's Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. We don't have an Aaron Rodgers here. Right. We don't have that Kurt Warner again. A lot of teams can't be to protect, protect their quarterbacks, but the, depending on who the quarterback is, makes
1: that team still have a chance at the end of the game. So you just clean – I mean, in my opinion, I would just clean house. I mean, keep Wiz and Hunt fine, but you need to bring in established offensive coordinators. Bring in North Turner because, you know, he's not going to be head coach next year. Bring in some guys. North Turner got naked pictures of somebody over there. St. Well, State no, he's, but he's out. They already said he's out at the end of the year. And I, and I agree with you, and we talked about this before, that I wait till the end of the year to fire people. Yeah. I wait because what are you going to do? You're going to bring in a stud head coach now? So you can't do that. I, so, I, I,
3: you know what? North Turner will be good, but I think North Turner will be He will be good here because we've had offensive coordinators like him before. But for some reason, our offense break down. But I but think you need a quarterback. We need a you quarterback. need a quarterback. Well, yeah. Kevin
1: Cobb played well. I mean, he played way better than these two guys are playing right now. Kevin Cobb will
3: play well in North Turner's
1: offense. Yeah, so because he can throw the ball, he's got a gun. Come bring him in. Uh,
3: yeah, but, but also uh, they have to fix. They got to fix that offensive line because I don't care who's calling the plays. You have to fix that offensive line.
1: Sure. So so instead of so you keep Kevin Cobb healthy by drafting a Matt Khalil, trying to get an offensive tackle that. Uh, that Minnesota got that's, that's revolutionized, that, that's rebuilt uh, Adrian Peterson's career, Matt Cleo, you bring in a, a stud offensive tackle with whatever the eighth overall pick that they're going to get?
3: You have to. You have to find that guy. and You have to put him. You make sure he fits your offense in the scheme you're going to run because I can bring anybody in, but if, if he have not been playing that scheme, in college you only got 20 hours to teach these guys a, a week. 20 hours. So a lot of them don't have technique or the skill set. Not, not skill set. They don't have the technique. So now they get to the pros, you got to reteach this stuff, the stuff that they should have learned in high school. And, and it's unfortunate. These are new hours. They just
1: got off by talent because they were just so much right. better than everybody else. And the code
3: Design plays that way. Oh, we'll go into a recall. We got Dwayne. Dwayne Burstein, you in line? What's going on, fellas? How you guys doing? We're doing good. You on with uh, Alex Clancy, Cindy Liska, and Deborah Debris. I almost said Cindy Debris and Deborah Liska. You got to stop
2: drinking <laughs> for
3: your <come> work. <laughs> <laughs> we are doing good. What's going on with you?
5: Now, they're getting these events together, you know, this is a good time in Arizona. Good weather. I don't know about the teams around here, but yeah, what a yeah. good time, good weather.
3: Give us your opinion on the teams right here. We already know what you think about the Cardinals, but you got the Sun. Why? Are, why are all the teams in Arizona uh, feel sun. like they are starting over or rebuilding? Because they
5: are
2: every year. Because <laughs> <laughs>
5: it's too beautiful out here. Could be for they, about, for about a month and a line. half.
3: <laughs> but don't you think you could get these uh, free agents or even the ASU? If I was a coach at ASU. There's no way I'm letting this guy leave state. I'm bringing guys in like ASU. I'm taking more meals. I'm finding me two of the hottest chicks out there. Say, escort these guys
5: around. All class. You play. play, That's how it is. You you want to be hungry. I mean, and these kids out here aren't hungry for it. You know, it's just unfortunate because there's great talent on the West Coast, but, you know, you come this far west, you go to UCLA, you go to USC. That's mm -hmm. true. That's true. I mean, you get more love that way. You know, ASU is a place that. You know you can come and party and enjoy yourself, but you know if you're gonna play real sports, I mean you take it to the five to zero. You go down a little bit, and you know they play a little bit there. But other than that, There's <laughs> too
3: much uh, sunshine here. Uh, not, not enough uh, water. Uh, what's the what's that lake? Uh, lake, Pleas- what is it? lake Pleasant? Was it
1: not Lake Pleasant? Lake Pleasant? Owl, that's squirrel. not. That,
3: yeah, that's not gonna do it. When you can go, like you said, when you can go further west to the ocean. To the ocean. Mm-hmm. It's not right, gonna do it.
1: Right. 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 No, I mean, I think with, with Phoenix, with, with the Suns, I really think that, uh, that it is rebuilding. I think Goran Dragic, you need to give him some time. You need to get him and, him and Marsh and Gortat need to be cohesive like Steve Nash and him were. So, Martian Gortel was an all star with Steve Nash. He needs to be brought up to the all star level with Goran Drogic, and it's going to take some time. Not everybody's Steve Nash. This is the best thing that could have happened to the Suns, as I've said, uh, for two years now. Get rid of Steve Nash, start over, and this is what's going to happen. There's going to be growing pains, but it's going to be good. They don't make the playoffs for two years. That's great. They'll get lottery picks, yeah,
5: but and the fans then they'll got move be, forward.
3: Fans got to be willing to be patient about that. Fans this is, are not patient when they're paying their money. I had floor seats the other day and didn't even go. To give the them to me. Jeez, man, Dwayne, what uh, what you got going on? Give me some list of your events, cause I know I'm in uh, one. Of, I'm in one or two of them, I think.
5: Hey, yes, yes, yes. January 11th and 12th. Did he write it down? January 11th and 12th. It will be down there in uh, Tucson, Arizona. It's the old Blue Gray College All Star Game. We brought mm-hmm. it over from. Hey, I played.
3: It. played. I played in it in Alabama.
5: Yeah, so we moved it cause it was cold. You know, I like the warm weather, so we took it from ASU to U of A, and uh, that game will be on the 11th and then we're doing the Shelly Duncan Celebrity Poker Tournament on the 12th at the brand-new casino down there at Casino del Sol in Tucson. Oh, yeah, I know so, it is. So it's going to be some good times. I mean, we got some. We got Andre Reed yourself, Mark McMillan, um, Sarah Brown, the, one of the sexiest LPGA up-and-coming golfers. I mean, she's from Tucson. Can she play? Oh, she can play. Okay, I got probably you. better than you. Uh, well, we'll see. we'll see. We'll see. How'd you do yesterday?
3: I, um, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I play with the. um I'm glad you asked that question, but I play. Um, I can't hear you. With the Albersons, right. uh, I play with the of uh, top sponsors, and I didn't know they can play. We shot ten under, had nothing to do with them, and I was, I, I was getting bothered, and I realized, okay, have some fun. Uh You, you know, got like five hundred dollars worth of merchandise, but still, um, I'm a serious golfer, competitive golfer, I should say, and they put me with those guys. When I got back in. I, um, I got at them. I got at the two, the three guys, the three people who was in charge. I'm like, don't ever put me with somebody like that again. I say, unless you tell me this is your sponsors, your main sponsors, you want me to hang out with them and make, let them have a good time. I'm all for that, but you got to give me the heads up on that. Don't put me with four guys or people that cannot play. I'm literally couldn't hit the ball. Could not Um, hit the ball.
0: That must have been fun for you.
3: Yeah, could not hit the ball. (laughs) But if you tell me who it is, I'm, I'm a team guy. I I go along with you. I make sure they have a good time and and it'll be fun. But if that's your, main, your title sponsor, who Iverson is one of the title sponsors for the Arizona Cardinals um, golf tournaments. But it was fun. It wasn't too bad at the end of the day, I should say. <laughs>
5: Listen, that's why they need to hire me to put them on. I'm going trying try to have fun.
3: They're scared, um, they scared to do that because you have, you have too much fun and it look like they're doing the right things. I don't know if, I don't <laughs> know if they want to do the right thing.
5: What, what's going on? It, Vegas, I, I thought we had something in Vegas. We did. Um, what I was trying to do is bring the um, Symmetric Tour out to Vegas. Um, it's a LPGA tour that we are trying to incorporate the program with celebrity athletes. So we're we're still we're still in the starting stages of it. We have one in Vegas that we're setting up, and then Casino del Sol just opened up their golf course, so that'll be two. The whole Symmetric Tour is not on the West Coast, so I'm putting together four tours out this way and just having all celebrities compete against the LPGA.
3: So. Well, you know the, Kwame Lester, Sports Talk and uh, our show, we, we can broadcast from anywhere, just FYI. Yeah, this, this <laughs> I, know. I know.
5: I know. We'll see you in a couple of days, man. <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right. Uh, having said that, we got to take a break. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, h- uh, hold on, Dwayne. <laughs> we'll take a break. Kwame Lester, to Sports Talk. We'll be back in about a minute.
4: on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't
1: get any hotter. Now some of you might still be in that place. If you're trying to get out, just follow me. I'll get you
2: You can try read lyrics off of this paper before I lay okay, well.
1: Welcome back Take to Call Me Sports you Talk. <laughs> you got a little, uh, <laughs> That this was awkward. Dwayne, no, you know, that
3: was Dwayne uh, Blue State. That guy is always... I used to say he's always networking, but networking means you're just talking to a bunch of people and not making it happen. He's making it happen. He's been He's doing connecting. It. Yeah, he's been doing it for a while, too. Uh, the Blue Gray Off Studio, I didn't know that was
1: it. You went down there, Deborah. for I some I went time. down there last year, yeah. Yeah.
2: Sat with the guys. And so it looks like nice
1: uh, KLST might be broadcasting on the 11th and 12th in January. we are got to go there. we got to see how much money
3: they'll give us because we've got to pay the station first. Uh, but if we just get down there for rooms, I'll, I'll go for
1: rooms and hanging out. <laughs> Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. Uh, really quick, before we get down here with Deborah, do you have a problem when you go around the room? Do you have a problem with Johnny Menzel, freshman, winning a Heisman?
3: No, here's my problem. Oh, uh, is no. this a real quick?
1: Yeah, this is quick. Uh, no, I don't have a problem with that. You don't have a problem with that? I don't problem. Well, I want to know why. You can expand. it's not that quick. I don't
3: have a problem with well, well, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. because he the Heisman is a joke to me nowadays. I, I used to love the Heisman. I used to. Well, now, there's I, one thing we'll always agree on. I was a uh, Jim Thorpe finalist, so I thought, you know, it's, it's Jim Thorpe was the best defensive player in, in college. Um, and then you got the Heisman supposed to be the best off best player in college, mm-hmm. but it's the best offensive player. Yeah, it's the
2: best quarterback. Yeah, it's
3: the best offensive player in college. And and if you do get it like a Woodson did, then it becomes that you return punts and kicks, and you are doing some things on offense, or when you get the ball from defense interception, you return them. house. you have to be exceptional uh, to get the Heisman. I thought he was exceptional this year. I thought he uh, did what he's supposed to do as a quarterback. Yeah, it's
1: what who people want to watch most of what. Yeah,
3: and, and that's why uh, a lot of things change with uh – I'm, I'm going to tell you my problem about the whole thing, but let me say this. That's why a lot of things change with um, NFL football, that you can't touch these guys because it's more officer game. They want to put seats. They want to put butts in the seats. Butts in seats. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And, and it's come crazy where you know we're running backwards. It's just an officer game. And if you can watch the entire football game, it's an officer game. And, and I'm, I speak on the NFL a little bit more. Roger Goodell gave these uh, officials the green light to just throw a flag. We'll, we'll deal with it later. Throw the flag now. There's a lot of plays. There was a play last night that I didn't agree with. Guy didn't uh, – uh, Tom Brady throws a West Walker. He can't catch the ball. West Walker, 5'7". Can't catch the ball, and he throws the flag. That guy did not impede him from the That was a big play, ball. too. That was a big play, too. Game's the first down. But Johnny Mizell uh, selling his jersey. Everyone in the world could sell his jersey and sell his brand but him. He can't make money off it. I have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. I have but, a huge problem that, with but that. But
5: that
1: doesn't really have anything to do with the Heisman. It has
3: a whole lot to do with the Heisman. Because he can make, once you win that Heisman, you become very marketable for everybody. Mm-hmm. I want a Heisman guy sitting at my table if I'm having a dinner amongst constituents. He'll make money in the NFL. It's your name, he, no, comma, not, he won. Trophy well, Who are you going to quarterback for in the NFL?
1: He's, he's going to play another two years and then he'll go. But he always has that under his thing. He was the Heisman. He won the Heisman Trophy. It still Gino Toretto Cloud,
3: was a Heisman.
1: And he made some money in the NFL. He made
3: money off the Heisman. General you didn't make any money off the NFL? This guy was a buzz. Right. But I'm got, talking about Gino Toretto that went to Miami. I know. He got a Heisman. I know. Okay, no, we're talking about a different guy. No, this we're guy, not. The Heisman, once you get a Heisman, you get the right people around you that can market that and market you. You can make money. You probably make more than the NFL if you do it right. There's guys that want the Heisman but they actually really play and, and and been somebody on the next level They're still making money from it. Still making money from Tim Brown makes money from it. Mm-hmm. I've been with Tim Brown a couple times, uh, doing the Super Bowls, making money from you. You ask for autograph. Now he's not this guy, but you ask for autograph, that autograph costs. Mm-hmm. He won't. He won't charge you. Uh, but somebody around him saying, "Well, well, we got a table
2: with Tim Brown sitting there. Yeah, autograph's $150. Showing up for a speaking gig, you got right. that behind your name. Right. That's more money. Okay, what do you think, Deborah? About what in particular? About (laughs) Yeah, I I don't have a problem with a freshman winning it as long as he's qualified to win it. You know, I have more of a problem with what Kwame mentioned earlier is it's turned into somewhat of a joke because when's the last time a defensive player won it, which we talked about, that it doesn't seem to really go necessarily to the most deserving player. It just goes to the best offensive player. And the favorite. Mm -hmm. Because we were talking last year about Andrew Luck, and Andrew
3: Luck is a Heisman candidate. He is... If you gave him the Heisman, it wouldn't have been, it would have been a question. It's just been who you like more, he, him or Rg three. But Rg three right. was the best player in, in football last year. But it, it, again, he's an offensive player in football. Yeah. Right, Cindy.
0: What's left? No, I don't. I have a problem at all with an, a freshman winning it because he was fantastic. He proved himself out. But I agree with the, what they had to, with everything else that everyone's saying. Yeah,
1: I mean, I'll take the other side very briefly. I think that the Heisman should be a body of work and not a one specific year. Okay, so Manti Te'o, in that regard, I believe should have won it. That's kind of
3: tough too because if some of those guys leave after their sophomore year. <laughs> right.
1: No, and, and, that, yeah. and the other the other part of that argument is a body of work also meaning you got to play more than 12 games to win a Heisman. You know, <laughs> that specific year that's great. I mean, he did. If he didn't come back against Alabama, we wouldn't even know who he is. We would, but he wouldn't even be in the Heisman race. If Colin Klein didn't lose a game, he would have won the Heisman. So, uh, yeah, so uh, we have to go down in there with Deborah. Sorry, I kind of went a little bit over. That's
2: okay. No worries. We're going to talk about uh, this is the season for sharing, caring, and connecting. And the biggest gap that I see among all that is the lack of connection. We care. We share. We bring gifts. We give lots of food. We drink. We do all sorts of things, showing up at parties, family gatherings, sports events. And we share and we care. But do we ever really connect? And how much do you really know about your friends, your family, and your team members? And this is one of the problems that I see going on right now when we talk about all the tragedies that are going on, is there's a lack of connection. You know, we've seen it with peoples, with players, who are sharing and caring about each other, but they're not connecting. And after a tragedy, everybody starts asking, you know, how could this happen? What could I have done differently? What didn't I see? You know, where are the signs that I missed? Deion Sanders mentioned recently that, you know, he was uh, trying to commit suicide and nobody knew it. Nobody saw it. He was the one everybody depended on, but nobody could see how to help him. An NFL player recently, when they started turning in some of their guns, said, I don't trust myself. Take them. He didn't say, I don't trust the guns. He said, I don't trust myself. So that, I see, is a problem. It's a problem of connection, a connection with yourself as well as with others, and we seem to be lacking that. It seems to be a hard thing, a really hard thing, to be able to actually reach out and connect with somebody. And I'm talking about a true connection, the type of connection where somebody shows that you really matter and that you matter at a deep level. You know, the trick is taking the time and having the courage to connect, and it really takes courage to do it. You know, We often look at and, and wonder, you know, what is it that I can do? How can I help? But we often ask that question after the fact. We need to fully be able to understand who we are first because we can't give what we don't have. Until you can understand who you are and have some type of love for yourself, and I mean that sounds a little weird, but it's actually true. When you can love yourself for all your shortcomings as well as what you're good at and how you see yourself, then you're able to really reach out and connect. Connect with your spouse, your children, your teammates, your parents, your friends. But here's the challenge. And the challenge I'm going to ask you to, um, to make with yourself this week is to ask yourself some, que- some questions and then actually answer them and answer them truthfully. First question is, who matters to you most in your life right now? And once you answer that, answer Why? Why is it that they matter? What is it that you get from that relationship that matters to you most? Second one, who was a positive influence on you when you were growing up? And in what way specifically? Again, you're starting to learn more about yourself. The third question and the final question is, what do you most want that you don't have? And to answer that in four specific areas, one is emotionally. What are you missing emotionally, physically, spiritually, socially? Look at those four areas. When you can answer those questions, then you're really starting to know and understand yourself. And then the real test, the real test is then to go out and have three conversations with three people that you care about, your friends, your kids, your family, your team members, somebody, and ask them those same questions and then listen. Shut the hell up and listen. Too many times we're giving opinions. We ask a question, somebody kind of maybe almost answers it, and then we start talking. We have to stop and really listen to what the answers are, our own answers and the answers that our friends and families, the people that we care about, give us. And then when you get done listening to their answers, then you ask the question, how can I support you? Let them know that you really care. Let them know that you're there to support them, that you're going to commit and communicate and connect with yourself as well as with them. And let them help you as you can help them. Empathy breeds indifference. Indifference means I don't care. When you don't care, then we have tragedies like we've just seen. Bam! That that was uh, pretty good. I, I like these, uh, uh, we can't fully give what
3: we don't have. I like those questions. I'm going to use those uh, mm-hmm. sometime this week, I guarantee you. Um, but we've seen tragic, tragic examples, and we've seen a lot of them in the past few years. Mm-hmm. And what Deion Sanders said, uh, it seems... It seems uh, shocking uh, because you're thinking Deion Sanders. You're thinking right. this guy, um, a guy who we think who has it all or doing it all and done it all. But we, we, we don't, when you see those personal situations that he had with his family, his uh, divorce, his wife. The kids and being taken away? Athletes, in my opinion, um, are more... They have more leeches than anybody that That's I right. know of, and and those people really don't care for you. They don't. I've, I've seen it firsthand. Mm-hmm. Everyone counts on you, and, and the worst thing they say is, "Well, you got it." That's right. And, and okay, you got it, but you earned that. You don't know the mental gains. and so we got to get out of here. That's too bad. Oh, but you, but you can check Debra's website and get all this information out definitely. But let me say this real quick before we go. You don't know the mental games they had to play to get over the hump. Some guys would not draft. Some guys would draft it, and then they got traded, and they won. what happened? I thought I was good. Mm-hmm. And then the whole family and friends stuff turn on you uh, just because mm-hmm. you made it to another level. You got level. it. I should have it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't even think it's the next level. I think it's another level uh, mm-hmm. because if you let the next level be the end, then you're not going any further than that. Right. And then you have suicide thoughts, tendencies, and, and situations that we've
1: seen in the past. Yeah. Uh, that does suck. We have to leave. Um Kwame Lasseter, Cindy Lisk at Debra Debris, Alex Clancy in studio. Kwame will have the reins next Check week. Check out the web site because that was a good uh, – YourClearEdge.com. Yeah, that was a good segment. we got to go. See you next week.
4: Thanks for tuning in this week. Come back next Tuesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.